Vodka. 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 Vodka o'clock. Hey everyone, you are listening to Amber Love from AmberUnmasked.com, and this Vodka O'Clock episode is a special episode. It was recorded live at Steampunk World Fair. And as with all recordings at conventions, I just need to tell you that, yeah, there's going to be a ton of background noise that I couldn't do anything about. And I hope that you can still hear the speaker clearly. Uh, A lot of times people are simply rude when they're in an audience and talk regardless of the speakers actually, you know, still conducting their workshop. So at least in this case, this speaker used a microphone. So I hope that that makes it a bit easier to hear because that wasn't always the case. And if you really appreciate this kind of coverage, don't forget that you can go to patreon.com slash Amber Unmasked and that helps sponsor the show and it keeps things up and running like all of the costs involved in podcasting. So one of the things that I took away from this particular lecture it was about hex breaking and, you know, what uh, people would consider warding and defense against spirits. So, you know, whatever your beliefs, I, you know, you might, just might want to skip this episode. But for me, I found it very interesting. I even asked a question. And uh, that's because I'm a practicing pagan like this individual. His name, he goes by the name Star Wolf. And in my research, what I want to say to preface presenting you his lecture is that it's uh, I'm not presenting it to intentionally offend anyone but Star Wolf refers to himself as a shaman and I don't know anything about his ethnicity but he looked very white so and he's from Connecticut so I don't know what um you know for all I know he could be whatever tribe's were from Connecticut. I really don't know anything about him personally, but I know that it's often considered very offensive for a white person to refer to themselves as a shaman. However, the material that he presents is exactly like any of the other pagan practices that I've been taught, which are, you know, American and um, European based. Um, I want to say like Western American, what I'm referring to is colonial American. Um, you know, things that the Europeans do and um, primarily things like Celtic and Germanic. So, uh, I, you know, I'm not sure really where his entire background comes from, but everything that he says is very similar to things that I've heard from other teachings. And um, so there's definitely some common ground there. And it's kind of like, you know, paganism is this big universal global blanket term. So whatever people identify with um, is up to them. It's your own spirituality. And I just didn't want to, uh, you know, really worry so much about titles and and things like that. But however, you know, just because I, I, I wasn't upset by it doesn't mean that somebody else wouldn't be. So without further ado, I will present you with Star Wolf and his discussion on hex breaking. Um, this is warning, hex breaking, curse turning, and uncrossing, the real defense against the dark arts. The absence chasing is somewhere else, so if you're here for that, I'm sorry you're in the wrong place. Okay, this is going to be the, an overview of the sum total of 40 plus years working in the occult community. I 
started as a witch lit back in the early 70s at a place in Brooklyn called the Walmart Shop. For those of you who remember it, later became the magical child in Manhattan. Survived the witch wars of the early 70s. These days we don't drop uh, fireballs on each other, we just blame each other on the internet. <laughs> but one thing has amazed me working with other people who work in the metaphysical, psychic, magical community is how many people don't understand the concept of magical defense. So I am going to start first off with the basic ones. As I've defined this, it's defending yourself, your stuff, and your space. But I'm going to do it in reverse because it's easier to start with how to defend your space. Defending your space is called warding. And if you'll excuse me for a second, I may be sneezing out there. It's been a long day already. <laughs> warding is basically the idea of defining an energetic barrier around where you live or work. Um, a good example is our house up in Connecticut. Um, the day we bought it, my wife went off to find a locksmith to change the locks. I walked into the basement with some crystals, a sage wand, a thing of sweet grass, and started immediately smudging and warding the house, at least the interior of the house. First, first rule, first you purify, then you ward. How do you purify? Well, I mentioned using sage smoke and burning sweet grass. You can also use sea salt dissolved in water. Um, you can use sound, for example, a Tibetan singing bowl or Tibetan singing bell. It can also be used to dispel negative energy. Um, a little more esoteric are things like wool water or four thieves vinegar, which can be sprayed to, um, to dissipate the energies. Um, wool water is basically water in which three nine or 27 steel nails have been allowed to rust until the water is skanky and orange and nasty. And the nastier it looks, the better it works. You put it in a spray bottle and you just sort of spray the area you're in. That works on the idea that iron is antithetical to magical energies. Morpheus vinegar, on the other hand, is a mixture of apple cider vinegar, garlic, rue, rosemary, and in my case, it would be uh, lilac bulbs, or lilac, uh, no sorry, lavender flowers, lilacs are poisonous. <laughs> Wrong one. That's a nice mixture because you put them all together, you, in the, in the bottle, and every day for 28 days, the full cycle of the moon, you shake it a few times, repeating, evil may come, but it will not stay. My fourth eve's vinegar drives evil away. That gives you something that is not only good for dissipating negative energies, but mixed with olive oil makes a fairly good salad dressing. <laughs> for those of you who recognize it, I basically have vinegar in which has been marinated herbs de Provence. <laughs> you can also put that in a spray bottle. Sometimes I mix the two of them together, in which case you get what I refer to as exorcist in a drum. For those of you who are familiar with the old janitor and at that point, taking whatever modality you need to, you're using, you start 
my tradition, you start at the north and you go anti-clockwise, that's from left around, spraying and visualizing things leaving. It's always banish anti-clockwise, ward clockwise, at least up here in this hemisphere. I don't know what Australian witches do. <laughs> they may do it the opposite way, but then again, they're heading into the middle of winter right now. Once you have banished, then you can also do things like prayers to the archangels. Um, like I said, salt and water is a good simple one because very few people are allergic to salt. I know a lot of my friends have asthma, so spraying things or burning things can often trigger an asthma attack, and it's the last thing you want to do. Um, then, once again, starting in the north and going clockwise to the various cardinal points, you invoke the north and the east and the south and the west, finishing again in the north. Now, that's fairly normal, and then we put up a barrier, but that's a relatively flimsy one. Somebody physically crossing it can blow it, so what I tend to do is I tend to anchor them, which is why I started out with, in the north, I placed a quartz crystal, went around to the east, another quartz crystal. It helps that the way our house was set up, the corners of the basement were in the cardinal points. Otherwise, I would have put them up where the house met the foundation. We live in a small Cape Cod. It's relatively easy to do that back this way. And at that point, finishing once again in the north, using the spirits that I work with, set up the first layer of wards. Several years later, I went and did the same thing going around the outside of the house. And a few years after that, following a certain amount of unpleasantness in the local occult community, I decided to go a little bit further and did the cardinal points of our property. Yes, I do believe in defense in depth. But when I was smudging, first I did the basement, then I did the first floor, then I did the attic, and did the exact same thing when warding the whole place. So there's lots of crystals in our house. There's pounds of them. Okay, that's the first step. That is is warding your space. Protecting yourself, well, that can be a little bit harder because you move around. Um, what I usually suggest for somebody is certain crystals are very good for absorbing negative energy. Um, smoky quartz is one that has the advantage that it does not need to be cleansed. Also, the various kyanites. They come in blue, green, and black. These days you can find them polished as gems so you can have yourself a nice kyanite necklace and, well, you've got your shields. I traditionally, because I come from that neck of the woods, I wear a mixture of amber and jet, which I believe I mentioned in the weird science class that absorbs negative energy, transforms it to positive, and the harder they hit me, the stronger I get. That's the nice part about it. And Amber and jet looks really good if you happen to be steampunk because jet is a very traditional Victorian English gemstone. So not only can you be protected, you can be stylish too. <laughs> okay. By the way, if anybody has questions, just stick up a hand and I will answer them as, as they come. I love questions. This is half lecture, half um, diagnosis session. Okay. Other things you can carry or wear to protect yourself. Um, obviously, religion, 
religious items of whatever religion or spiritual path you're part of, you might notice I'm kind of, I wear a lot. I'm a shaman. We tend to have a lot of necklaces. We also have to tend to have neck problems. <laughs> you laugh, but right now my neck is killing me. Um, some of these are protective. Some of these are symbolize various allies and friends. Some of them are just, that's what they are. Um, other things you can carry, this, I mentioned smoky quartz, I mentioned kyanite, most of the black gems work, so black onyx. Hematite is very good because hematite's an iron-based mineral, and iron-based minerals tend to absorb negative energy. The main problem with hematite is when it reaches a certain level of negative energy, it tends to shatter. Consider that the burnout fuse in your magical defense. If the hematite in your house all starts cracking, it's time to check your wards. Now, the ward that I suggested around the house, that's general purpose, but you also need to defend the various entrances. You all have at least one doorway. You probably have windows. For those, relatively simple. Um, couple of iron nails, and the best ones are the old-fashioned square-cut nails. You can still find them at like Lowe's or um, Home Depot. They run like a couple of bucks for a pound box, which should be enough to last you the rest of your life or several houses. Um, we put like one over each window, once again, making use of the warding properties of iron. That will... Um, Make sure that any negative energy is absorbed and grounded out. Uh, other things you can use, um, food dogs, which are the dogs that you see sitting in front of some Chinese restaurants. They come in pairs. One is male, one is female. The male one has its paw on what is referred to as an energy ball. The female has her paw on, it looks like an energy ball, but when you look closer, it's actually on a little food dog puppy which is looking up with the, please mommy, let go, look on his face. Um, question, please. Yes. Um, I have done, uh, I, I normally use candle spells, and twice now the glass holders that they were in have shattered, and um, in particular on a black candle for banishing. So I was wondering if that's just like a mistake in the glass, a mistake in what I did, or something else. Let's start by assuming it's a mistake in the glass, first and foremost, because okay. that is probably the most logical answer. Mistake in what you do, well, you're still here, so you probably didn't make a mistake. And mistakes in magic do tend to be self-correcting problems. It may be that you were going up against something bigger than you were ready for or it just had a little more oomph behind it than you expected. You might also, especially with banishing spells, you might want to basically renew your tools regularly. Um, glass is a weird material. It's chemically, it's the same as quartz crystal, but whereas quartz is silicon dioxide in a crystal matrix, glass is actually a supercooled liquid. It's still flowing which is why when you go to an old, uh, say, colonial house, if you look, they have the original windows, they're thicker at the bottom than at the top. That's not because they made them that way. It's because over 200 years, the glass has literally flowed down a few millimeters every 
20 or 30 years. So it may be that the, probably the glass is at fault. Okay. Next question, please. Yes. Um, if we sense a toxic or negative energy, maybe from a person, um, can you visualize something other than just wear something, or do you feel like it's relying upon what we wear to protect ourselves? No. You can, first and foremost, visualize yourself surrounded by a nice, thick, dense aura. The most common one is white light, but um, whatever color works best for you. So if you can manage to, to visualize a plaid or coconut aura, I wish you would. It would probably be unbeatable. Also make people's heads hurt. Yes? What if a previous owner died in your house? Okay. That's banishing. The previous owner, I'm assuming, is still in residence? Well, or, I hope not. <laughs> yeah, mm -hmm. at which point you would um, either burn rosemary, because rosemary is for banishing ghosts, or if you have either a very, very powerful smoke detector, or somebody in the house with asthma that the smoke would, just, would be a problem with, take rosemary, Get some plain drugstore rubbing alcohol. Mm -hmm. Put it in a jar. Wait till the alcohol turns this dark olive green. Put in a spray bottle and spray the house. Once again, going counterclockwise through each room. That will work just hmm. as well as the smoke of rosemary. That's one of the things I use because my wife is asthmatic. I make a lot of, put them out a few tinctures. So I have tincture of sage, tincture of rosemary, tincture of garlic. Hmm. These are all made with, as I said, rubbing alcohol because they're not meant to be consumed. If you're making something that somebody is going to eat, um, please use grain alcohol because rubbing alcohol is poisonous. It just happens that I can buy four gallons of rubbing alcohol for the price of one pint of grain alcohol. Mm -hmm. So I use it only when I'm making a, a medicinal tincture. Okay, getting back, getting back to vanishing. Um, as I said before, there are things you can use um, I just mentioned essence of sage and essence of rosemary. Um, another thing very useful, plain sea salt works, but if you're trying to get rid of something, black sea salt. I know that's traditional in Japan. I've got a friend who lives up in Hokkaido. I send her for use vinegar. She sends me black sea salt. We have this sort of shamanic um, exchange of equipment program going. Indeed, I should be getting another batch together because she should be shipping me some more in the next month or so. But black sea salt works best. Um, once again, you can throw it in the area. You can dissolve it in water. Salt dissolved in water releases a mild electrostatic charge, which is sufficient to, as it were, undo most um, ener basically energy matrices. Other options are the good old-fashioned combination of salt, fire, and silver. Those are the basics, though. And I'm not talking burning the house down, though that is, of course, an option. <laughs> there are certain buildings that I think should be torched. There's a, there's a place out in Oregon that they're going to turn into a condominium that used to be a mental hospital. <laughs> I don't want to be on that crew. <laughs> There are such things as combat exorcists, but the only people who have them are the Jesuits. <laughs> Hopefully they call them. It's going to be a messy place. That, that's going to be rose red all over again. For those of you who saw my favorite Stephen King movie. Yes? 
I have a question. What happens yeah. if, um, when you have to bottle like very negative or powerful thought forms? Hmm. That point, I'd stuff it into a quartz crystal, carry it to the nearest site of running water, whether that's a stream, a lake, or an ocean, and chuck it as far out and as deep as you can. In the course, because you just have to visualize it. Sort of it visualize yourself stuffing it in, kind of like trying to put a kitten in a sack. Yeah. It will fight you. That's also a shamanic exorcism technique, usually done in the middle world, dealing with the spirit of disease or a negative spirit of place. If you know the person that the thought form came from, would banishing it anyway harm the person or no? Well, depending on how tightly connected they are to it. They might have a couple of days of flu-like symptoms. They might feel off, ill, um, slightly in, slightly sick, but it'll go away. The human, human body is very resilient, as is the human energy system. If you know this is something they created accidentally, yeah, they'll they'll actually be better for it. If it's something they created on purpose, well, if they end up not feeling good, that should be a good thing. Okay, uh, let's see. I was still at banishing. So, um, other things you can use. One of the most common ones is the old abracadabra spell. Quite simply, you start, it's an inverted triangle, and you start at the top writing abracadabra, and each line you go down, removing a letter at each end until you are down to a single letter. That can be carried, it can be written on something, if, you, if you're redoing your house, you can write them on the walls and then paint over them. They still work. Just make sure you don't use something that'll bleed through whatever you're painting with. Indeed, if you're thinking about a total renovation, there's a substance created by a company out in California called Advanced Tachyon Technologies. They make what they refer to as fairy dust. That is basically a powdered silica that's been treated to become an energy lens. It's designed to be mixed with paint and painted on the wall, so you can literally give your house basically a layer of energetic armor inside, and if you're willing to buy enough of the stuff that you can do the, the paint on the outside, outside. Now, of course, that means in, in the astral plane your house is going to glow, but for most things that means stay away. Um, one of the most common questions I got is, I live in an apartment which means you have usually have people above you and below you. Now, the warding I first, first set up was designed for a house. If you're in an apartment, you have to add, excuse me, you have to add above and below. So as opposed to a circle or a dome, you're creating a sphere that you, you live in. That's going to make adding physical wards a little bit more difficult. Um, most common idea would be stick the one for below under a throw rug, you know, tape it to the back side of a rug and put it under that, and the one for above, if you've got a light fixture or a lamp, tuck it in that, otherwise find some place up at the top where you can discreetly duct tape it into place. Um, if, it's, if you can make it small enough, you might even be able to just kind of glue it into place and then paint it over you're using small crystals, and you don't need massive crystals. Um, mass means nothing, this sort of thing. So tiny, tiny, what they call gem point quartz crystals, which can be in still 
an inch long and maybe an eighth of an inch thick will work perfectly if you need to be really discreet, say you were warding your office or your cubicle. Um, at that point, if you're cubicle, if you're allowed to, having bamboo growing in your, you know, the, the stuff you see in the Chinese import stores. The idea of that is bamboo absorbs negative energies and gets rid of it, and it actually, it actually seems to like it. The real trick with bamboo is making sure you water it so it doesn't die on you. Checking the last person ran over, and because my wife is the next class, I don't want to run over on her. <laughs> um, any more, qu more questions? Yes? I have a question um, dealing with nature spirits, uh, nature spirits, the Fae, or things like that. Uh, there's, I know there's a, there's a good, like indifferent, and then there's malicious. Like, how would you uh, protect against the malicious but still allow the good to come if they wish? Well, let's start with a little bit of iron. That's one of the defenses because Fae, as opposed to Alphar, and I'm distinguishing between the two of them, Fae tend to be Celtic, Alphar tend to be the Norse. They have an allergy to iron. Um, you need a combination. One, you need the iron to ward against the malicious thing. And then once a month at a full moon, you might want to leave some milk and honey out for the good ones. If you've got a yard, you might want to plant like an apple tree or an ash tree or an oak tree, something that they like. So to draw them and to banish the the negative ones, if you can actually manage to find a blackthorn bush and plant it in your yard, that's an excellent uh, defense as a hawthorn. It's the whole old oak and ash and thorn thing. Things we put in within the first year of buying the house. <laughs> so we made the mistake of putting in a pyrocanthus, which has a life a lifespan, so I have to replace it. Uh, yes? foremost, go with your gut. Um, secondly, go with your senses. I had an encounter at a place in Connecticut. Um, I was at a medieval, I'm a member of a medieval society, the SCA, and we were having a 12th night at a middle school that had been built on the site of the old Fairfield Hills Hospital. Now, Fairfield Hills was one of the old snake pit style mental institutions. And I wasn't getting much in the way of business, so I kind of pulled out my one of my malas, and I started to meditate, because there was nobody around. And I'm half into a trance, and suddenly I smell garbage. It kind of goes by my front. Okay. Then it happens again, going in the other direction. It happens again, going through back the other way. At this point, I open my eyes, because I figure, okay, maybe it's one of the school staff bringing some bags of garbage to be disposed of. No, there's nobody there. That's kind of a low-level evil spirit. It's the psychic equivalent of rats or feral dogs. They feed on negative emotions, and given where the, given the site it was on, building a middle school is basically putting up an all-you-can-eat salad bar for them. <laughs> now, unfortunately, I wasn't able to do anything because I'm not going to go to the principal of a middle school in suburban Connecticut and say, you have a goat, you have an evil spirit problem. <laughs> All I can say is that I wouldn't want to send a child to that one. 
So it's kind of go with your instincts. Um, if they start asking for things that are obvious, then start banishing. Use the banishment of your choice, whether it's you use the Jewish Kaddish, um, you crack open a non-King James Bible and start reading the, you know, King James is wonderful, but it's got so many inaccuracies you can get killed using it as an exorcism tool. Um, you start reading some of the orders of exorcism, crack open the Necronomicon, I'm talking the Simon edition, and use some of the banishings in the third section. Um, all of those will work. Start burning the sage and piling on the sweet grass or going to a couple of pounds of salt. Um, other things you can use, if you're in a position where you can't kind of put nails everywhere, iron filings work very well. Indeed, I, I tend to refer to iron filings as sealy mace. You can carry a small bottle of it with you, and if something decides to get your way, chuck a little handful at it. It's going to burn. It's going to hurt it. I'm not really big on hurting things, because they do tend to come back nastier with friends, but if you're in a it's you or them situation. Okay. Um, uh, first, the lady in the, with the goggles and the Yes? Um, I have, a, I know I have a ghost in my house. First and foremost, if he's not giving you any trouble, um, definitely, you know, let him stay. You might want to leave out something for him, you know, overnight, you know, say, depending on, you know, depending on who the ghost is, you know. Look, he it, actually used to live in the house. So you, you know something about him, so whatever, say a little nip of whatever booze he happens to, uh, happen to favor in life, leave it out overnight, then and get rid of it afterwards after he's had the good part. I have a question about kind of like psychically protecting our young children because they're very open to things and you know they're too young to carry anything without putting them mm -hmm. in their mouths and things like that. Um, one option, depending on how old they are, you're talking toddlers? Yeah. Then what you almost need to do is you kind of need to bury it inside a stuffy. Open up a seam, put the protective item inside, close the seam up, and let the stuffy know that it's now on guard duty. Hmm. Would that work if I put in a, a special stitch? That would also that, that would help. That would help a great deal. But you know, start with whatever you're planning on using. Stick it inside. If you want to get a little rose quartz heart and add that too. I have a Build-A-Bear bear at home that, as opposed to the little claw heart they give you, I put a rose quartz heart in when he was being hmm. Yes? Um, so I'm an empath in healing, and other people's energies often um, attach to me, and I can feel more than like what I really want to a lot of the time, and I, I get tired at the end of the day. Um, I'm wondering what you suggest. Okay. Um, draw a nice hot bath. Sea salt, Epsom salts, a little bit of uh, essential oil of lavender, soak in it till the bath goes cold, and shower, shower the stuff off, and visualize the energy going down with the drain with it. If necessary, use the 
chant that came out of South Pacific, I'm going to wash that man or that woman yeah. or that energy right out of my hair and send it on its way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Simple and sometimes funny works very well. Yeah. For example, Pig Latin, if you understand that concept, works very well for spells. Pig Latin is a slang from the 40s and late, late 40s and 50s where you would take the first letter off of a word, put it at the end, and add A of it. So pig would be igpe. So it would be igpe atenbe. And that works very well. Yes? First off, ward your space. Keep them out. Secondly, I regularly smudge and purify the area. You might want to put a quartz crystal under your mattress. Um, That should keep most of them out. If things keep going, just more smudging. At that point, you might want to call the local metaphysical professional and see if there's something that's tying them to the area. I'm from New England. We've got nasty spirits every 10 or 15 miles. It's interesting. You cross the Hudson River and suddenly it goes quiet. Next question. Yes. Well, then, you can put up temporary wards. You can make portable wards. some little um, birthday candle sized um, candle cups, put a crystal in it so it'll stand upright, put them in position, and then when you get up in the morning, take them down. Put a blanket or a, uh, something over the mirror, or better yet, put a mirror in front of the mirror. Get a little steel uh, camping mirror and, that you can carry with you and just stick it in front, tape it to the mirror, and untape it in the morning because that way the housekeeping staff will not uh, look at you like you've grown a second head. <laughs> yeah, you know, just at that point bring a steel mirror and some of the uh, blue painter's tape that comes off without damaging things. Tape it to the mirror. Suddenly it's going to keep going round and round and round and round and round and round until it gets exhausted and leaves you alone. If it's in your house, just make sure there are there's a mirror facing the other mirror. So it's that whole thing where it's an endless corridor of mirrors. And if you really need the mirror, make a cover for it, like a window shade or something that will with say a protective symbol on the inside. And at night, pull the mirror, pull the uh, Pull the shade down. Yeah, you can, if you can take it off the wall, smudge it. Smudge it, um, cleanse it, wash it with salt and water, spray it down with four thieves vinegar, pray over it. That should take care of it. I'm rather fond of the uh, shotgun method of dealing with the, with the unholy. Yes? I thought I saw somebody peeking out with another question. Um, yes? Um, is feng shui connected to what you do and you think I have merit? 
I'm not sure. My wife dabbled in feng shui for a while, and I noticed when she did it, a lot of our, my Furby died. <laughs> so I'm not sure. I know it has a certain amount of validity. I think that's one that you really need to be trained in doing it because I've seen a lot of mistakes from amateur feng shui, but at the same time, we have you know, that we have the brass coins in various spots in our house and we've got a flute over, over the door, flutes over the doors and some of the basic stuff. I wouldn't use the Bagua mirror, that, that, that's kind of getting into the, you don't practice sacred magic of Abramelin the mage on your first day out in the magical world, just like the Necronomicon is not a beginner's spell book. And for those of you who don't understand, the Necronomicon is one of the legendary black, black or powerful grimoire, grimoires of fiction and non-fiction. I teach a class called the Practical Necronomicon. Yes? I have a question about like white versus black magic. Is there really some things that are considered black as in evil, or is it all about your intent? Depends. On, first and foremost, depends on your tradition. Um, if you come out of modern Wicca, yeah, there's a lot of things that are considered black magic. If you come out of the old British traditional witchcraft, it's more why you do it. You don't start the fight, but you're allowed to end it. If you come out of sort of the heathenish tradition like I am, um, yeah, once again, you don't start the fight, but you're allowed to. You're allowed to finish your opponent. Thankfully, magical pissing contests aren't as common as they were back like 30 years ago. Most of us have gotten old enough to know better. <laughs> yes? Um, what about people in our lives that are constantly drained? Um, uh, psychic vampires? Well, if you can, get them out of your life. Okay. Um, well, at that point, find out why they're doing it. They, some people are just unconscious psychic vampires, in which case um, Reiki may be able to fix it. Um, letting them know what's going on, you know, sometimes, it, sometimes you may need to seek out, as it were, your lo local professional. Sometimes people do that because they're missing pieces of their soul, uh, at which point you need a shaman to do a soul retrieval, which is basically journeying out into the spirit world, finding the missing pieces and bringing them back so the person cre can reintegrate them. Oh, let me explain. Soul fragmentation is, it's a defense mechanism. Um, when faced with trauma, a lot of times your spirit will basically, as it were, encapsulate the trauma up in a bit of itself and send it flying out into the spirit world. We, most people can handle one or two of those, but we live in a rather trauma-ridden uh, society, so there's, I've met some people who there's more hole than there is person. Uh, to give it an anime reference, think the hollow from certain animes. That's, that's an example of soul fragmentation taken to the catastrophic level. There's nothing left of the person. But yeah, yes. Um, your first What's the procedure called again for restoring? It's called soul retrieval. Um, it's a shamanic technique. Um, there are people, I know there are people in New Jersey who do it. I do it, but I live in Connecticut. So I can't, I can't do it long distance. Yes? Um, my friend is 
Probably something attached to it. She probably has basically a parasite. She does have a parasite. Then I would suggest lots of salad with Portuguese vinegar and oil. That's one of the things it's good for, getting rid of magical parasites. A lot of garlic in her diet for a while. If it really gets extreme, a milkshake made out of bentonite clay, psyllium fiber, garlic, and cayenne pepper mixed with um, unfiltered organic apple cider vinegar. That'll clean her out on more than one level. <laughs> yeah. That's not something you do if you need to go to work the next day. Let's say, take it Friday night and make no plans for Saturday. But it will clean her out on an energetic level, it will clean her out on a physical level. Seems ends at the border of. We've got about um, six, seven more minutes. Um, other techniques of protecting your stuff. Um, ob there's ob the obvious ones. The old seal of Solomon from most magical grimoires can be painted or drawn on things. One of a witch's best best friends is his or her Dremel tool. It's very good for cutting mm. things in. If you practice room magic, there's half a dozen rooms that are used for warding. Um, the one, one you can see on my left forearm here, that is Algis. That is a protective room. Yes, it was burned in and then tattooed over. But it's for protection. It's also, it also can be drawn on the walls of your house or the windows to keep things out. It's referred to as the river sedge, which is a water grass in England that if you grab it and you mistakenly pull back, you're going to be left with bloody fingers. One of those grasses with a nice razor edge. Mm. The people who live in East Anglia tended to plant it around their, in the water around their places to keep people out. Waiting through a, a marsh of that could leave you cut to bits. Mm. Um, like I said, rune magic is very good for that. Um, yes? That can be done. I have no problem with. Um, if it's somebody who's a problem, I've got a minor kind of gray spell that I've used successfully. You, you start with a pill bottle, a piece of brown paper, bag paper. You write the person's name on the paper. You put it in the pill bottle. You fill it with water. You stick it in the back of your freezer behind that bag of peas that's been there since you moved in. <laughs> and when you do it, you repeat three times. Stay there and freeze for as long as I please. Repeat that three times. Then you shut the... Uh, you shut the freezer and you forget about it. They'll stay frozen out of your life until the water thaws. What they did back when we actually, when we had spring coming, I don't know. What's another good technique for the windows without nails? Without nails. Yeah. Um, let's see. Without putting nails in them or over them? Yeah, just because they can fall on my dad, sometimes walks on them, barefoot. Okay. Yeah. Um, at that point, you might want to get some little pieces of hematite and just kind of get a little bit of blue tack. That's the stuff they use for um, keep things from falling off the shelves. Mm -hmm. 
blue tack it up there. You could blue tack a nail up there too. Oh. One of the reasons why I suggest the square cut nails, they don't roll. Oh, okay. And they're also traditional. I mean, if you want to, you could get really um, fancy and hang nice, bright, shiny balls in the windows. Oh, yeah, okay. The good old witch ball technique. You don't, if you really want to take it to the, the tradition, you put bent pins and a little bit of your own urine and some vinegar in them before you seal them up, but you can just use the shiny balls, too, to reflect the light. It's all pretty. And keeps the negative energy out of it. Quartz will do it. The main problem with putting quartz in a window is sunlight can heat up quartz, and quartz, when it heats, starts to vibrate. If it vibrates and it's got a flaw in it, it'll shatter. And a shattering quartz crystal is kind of counterproductive because it releases a big burst of energy which can say, hi, there's something here. Come investigate. Hmm. How to phrase it? Yeah. Sometimes I feel haunted and hounded by the trauma of a past intimate relationship that was psychically abused, felt that way. And although I ended it and I made it like this, I still feel that energy around me and in me and hard to be. Nothing's happening with this cord connection. Yeah, it, it sounds like there's still a connection between you and that person. So I would start severing the cords. Um, are you in any kind of magical tradition? Okay, you got you, you got stray you got Strega behind you. Okay, that works. Um, at that point, if you don't have anything, just get a kitchen knife and start visualizing the cords being cut mm -hmm. and lots of garlic. Well, we have no problem yeah. <laughs> I'm Irish and Russian. I have no problem with lots of garlic too. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, visualize the cord if necessary. Get a shaman to do the cutting. Anything else? Yes? I thought I saw a hand all the way in back. Well, at that point, thank you for being here. I hope you enjoyed listening to Star Wolf talking about warding off evil spirits and cleansing your personal space. I think it was a really good lecture. Um, you can stay tuned for more coverage of steampunk world's fair and always check out amberunmasked.com i have a lot of written content and photos already posted about steampunk world's fair it's uh you know last year it was definitely my favorite convention and i have a feeling this year is going to be exactly the same so uh if you have any questions about it you can always find me on twitter at elizabeth amber you can go to amberunmasked.com for other contact information if you want to contact me some other way and don't forget that you can sponsor the show at patreon.com slash amberunmasked. Thanks for listening.